Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. And I'm Brian. And today we're talking about prayer, what it is, why it's important, and how we can grow in it. So, Pastor Brian, would you kick us off in our discussion on this important topic? What is prayer? Should we pray first before we answer the word what prayer is? I don't think there's a Christian answer to that other than sure. Sure. Well, John Calvin. (laughs) 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 You should try this on one of your Christian friends sometime, that in the middle of your conversation said, should we pray? Because they can't say no. You can never say no to that. So you can be in the middle of grocery shopping and turn to your spouse and say, should we pray right now? And they have to say yes. Very good, very good. Uh, So Father, give us wisdom as we discuss the topic of prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So John Calvin calls prayer the chief exercise of faith. Um, By that he means... Um, prayer is the means by which our faith exercises itself. So that's what prayer is. Um, in perhaps a little more vernacular, you know, everyday language, prayer is simply communication with God. Um, it is not necessarily a time to say, hey God, I've got all these things I want to talk to you about and let me give you my laundry list. Uh, but prayer is more a means uh, by which we want to see the kingdom of God realized in our own lives as well as in the world. And so we pray to God, um, hoping to be conformed into the image of Christ and to see his kingdom realized. I like that. And so then what should that look like? How should we approach? If that's kind of the goal, that's what prayer is, bring it onto the ground level. How, how should we approach prayer? Well, we should approach prayer expectantly, um, knowing that uh, we have an opportunity to to speak to the creator of the universe. And so we um, come expectant, knowing that he can do great and marvelous things. Um, We we approach it as well as in a sense of awe. Again, we're talking to the king of the universe. Uh, He is not the old man upstairs. He is not some trite expression of faith. He is... God himself and he allows us to come to him in prayer what a what an incredible incredible privilege that is and so we come in awe um, I think we should come reverently joyfully uh, just about any there, there's probably hardly any emotion that you can think of that would be inappropriate in prayer um, uh, because the, the Bible models for us different types of prayers, and sometimes the prayer is a prayer of lament, it's of great sadness. Uh, sometimes it's a prayer of uh, steadfast hope. Um, sometimes it's a prayer of rejoicing. And so there, there's any number of emotions we might feel when we when we approach God in prayer. And then carry on this idea of what prayer can look like on Sunday mornings. Our prayers during the service service are modeled around uh, the ACTS, A-C-T-S model. Could you unpack that a little bit for us? What is the ACTS approach to prayer? So that acronym has been around for as long as I've known. I I don't know who came up with the acronym to begin with. 
but it's a you know a clever acronym based on you know it makes it easy to remember since the fifth book of the New Testament is Acts. Uh, but A stands for adoration, C stands for confession, T stands for thanksgiving, thanksgiving, and the S stands for supplication. And so what we do on Sunday mornings here at our church is. Um, our opening prayer uh, takes care of the A and the C. Um, ideally, it should be, at any rate. The, the person who's being asked to pray is being reminded that this is a prayer of adoration and confession. It's a time when we um, extol God, when we lift Him up, when we remember His marvelous character and who He is. Um, but it's also a time when we recognize that we are indeed a sinful people, and so we confess um, our need for a savior, and so, so that's what our opening prayer is. Um, there is uh, my the pastoral prayer, the one that I typically do, uh, is a more in the lines of thanksgiving, or excuse me, supplication, uh, where we are bringing uh, needs, uh, requests to God. So we'll pray for things uh, very specific to our congregation, to even specific to members of our congregation. Um, and then, if you will, going out, we pray for our community, we pray for other churches in our community, we pray for our state, for our government officials, and we pray for world events as well. Um, and so uh, that, that would be the supplication portion. Um, our offertory prayer would be more the thanksgiving. Um, so we're, we're grateful, we're thankful that the Lord has indeed given us an opportunity to earn an income, um, and He has blessed us with that, and so we are thankful for that, and then we return um, that thanks to him. Gotcha. So certainly not the only ways you can pray, but but a helpful grid to, to see our prayers through. Uh, so, Pastor Brian, if, if I want to grow in my prayer, what are some steps I should look to take um, to deepen my prayer life, to, to, to grow in my interaction with the King of Kings? Well, first, the, 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 the most important thing um, would be to actually pray. Right. If you want to grow, so if you want to learn how to be a great free throw shooter in basketball, you can read all kinds of technique books on it. And say, hey, you hold your elbow here and you do this, and you stare at the back of the rim, not the front row, whatever it is. Uh, but none of that's going to help you until you stand 15 feet away from a 10 foot rim and keep practicing. Uh, and so, same idea here with prayer. So you might want to say, I want to be a great prayer. I want to learn how to pray more. Um, well, then start praying more uh, would be the first thing to do. But then you might say, well, but I do need to know how to do that. Um, and so I would say, avail yourself to your Bible. Uh, read your Bible. Uh, particularly read the prayers of the saints in the Bible. The Bible is full of prayers. Um, there's this uh, little book, 150 chapters right in the middle of the Bible. It's called Psalms. Um, that is, a, a, if you will, a, an inspired prayer book. And so we can you know, read the Psalms uh, as, as prayers, read some of Paul's prayers in, in his letters, read Jesus' prayer, for example, in, say, John chapter 17. Um, read, read how when, when the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray, read what he taught us in what we call the Lord's Prayer. Um, I would encourage um, Christians as well to read the prayers of of the saints, not just the saints who are in, recorded in scripture, but I, I brought with me, I know the people listening can't see this, but there's a, I have a, uh, a book called The Valley of Vision. It's a collection of Puritan prayers and devotions. Um, it's just a treasure trove of, of prayers, of godly prayers uh, that men wrote 
hundreds of years ago. I'm going to read just, I know we're limited on time, but I'm going to read just, a, here's an example. This is the God, God, the source of all good. O Lord God, who inhabits eternity, the heavens declare thy glory, the earth thy riches, the universe thy temple, thy presence fills immensity. Yet thou hast thy pleasure created life and communicated happiness. Thou hast made me what I am and have given me what I have. In thee I live and move and have my being. And he goes on, that's just a brief portion of the one prayer, but it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful prayers of, of how other saints have approached uh, the king of the universe. And so to spend some devotional time listening to how others have prayed is also a um, wonderful thing. And then, and then if you want to bring it up to the, to the current, so, so, so if, you, if you struggle with your own prayers, it might be a good idea. So um, gentlemen out there, if you know a man who is devoted in his prayers, um, Lewis Knight would be an example of this. Exactly. Um, so I pray with Lewis Knight, individual, the two of us, and sometimes other men will join us, but for the last eight years, every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., Lewis Knight and I are in my office together and we are praying. And again, sometimes other men join us and we're, we welcome other men to come and join us. Um, but that is Tuesday morning at six o'clock. You would have to tie me to a, to, a, to a team of horses to get me away from that. It is an awesome time uh, to pray with a brother who knows how to pray. And so ladies, I would encourage you to do something similar to find a, uh, find, find a woman if, if you struggle in your prayers to find a woman that you can say, hey, can you help me and uh, teach me how to pray? That's great. And I would, so I would echo again this idea of plagiarizing prayers is fantastic, especially when it's from Scripture, but also when it's from saints who have gone before. Uh, always good to, to get other content for that. And then one thing I've found beneficial is in addition to praying different types of prayers, praying prayers in different ways. So I think for most of us, the most common way we pray is internally, kind of with our inner voice to God who does hear us. Um, but praying out loud does wonders. It forces you to slow down, to be intentional, to think through what you're saying, even if no one else is around. Uh, writing down prayers, keeping a prayer journal can be a wonderful way to help you, and then to look back on that and to see the ways God has answered prayers over time. Just other helpful ways to approach prayer. Uh, so Pastor Brian, with, with the time that we have left, I uh, want to throw a couple of common questions or, or misconceptions about prayer that exist and, uh, and, and get your response to it. So, so the first one um, I've heard often and have struggled with myself. So this idea, if God is truly sovereign over all things, if God already knows everything, including the future, then does prayer actually do anything at all? Well, you're not the only one asking that question, as you've alluded to. There, uh, Terrence Thiessen wrote a book called Providence and Prayer uh, about 20 years ago now, uh, when he wrote that book, so it's 400-ish pages long, uh, trying to answer that question. And he goes through a number of different um, theories, if you will, depending on, depending on your view of God's sovereignty and the like, about how does prayer work in light of God's providence. Um, and so the, the short answer to your question is yes, prayer is effective. Uh, we are commanded to pray. Uh, so exactly how does the sovereign God of the end, how, how does he uh, work everything together and then, and, and then he encourages us to pray? Uh, 
um, is, I'll say it's beyond my pay scale, if you will, how God will, uh, uh, how he orchestrates all of that. But that we are commanded to pray is without question. We're commanded to pray in the scripture. Um, I don't see prayer as, a, as, as God making us, if you will, jump through a hoop. Um, I see rather prayer as something that can oftentimes change us as we again are being conformed into the image of Christ. And so as we're praying, uh, not for my little pet projects to be done and for, for me to find personal happiness in life, but as I'm praying that God's kingdom would come and that I would be conformed in the image of Christ, um, that prayer is being used um, both to accomplish his will um, in the greater world as well as to accomplish his will in my own life. That's a really helpful perspective, so I appreciate that. Um, here's another one. You ended your prayer to begin this, and we end all our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why do we do that? Is that the kind of code word in order to get our prayers into heaven? Do we do we do we miss out on anything if we? So what what's behind that ending? Um, well, first let's go to the ending of that ending. The word amen. The word amen simply means so. That's not a code word. It simply means so be it. It's a it's a way that we agree. Um, and so when somebody else is praying, oftentimes. I know, particularly when I was younger, I would think, you know, what am I supposed to do while they're praying? You know, do I just, be, am I supposed to just be quiet? And, and, and generally speaking, that's a typically a good idea. Um, but you should actually be listening to their prayer and in your, in your heart, in your mind, uh, praying with them. And when they pray and when they end their prayer, if, they, if that's something that, that you agree with in their prayer, then you should say out loud, amen. Uh, to their prayer because it's a way of you agreeing in prayer with them. And so so when somebody is leading in prayer, it doesn't mean that well, it's time for me to kind of, well, he, uh, he's talking to God, not talking to me. No, when we're praying corporately, um, we're praying out loud corporately because we're praying together. And so it's not just God who's hearing. We're all praying together. So, uh, but then in Jesus' name is is it's, it's not a magic formula, as you said. It is, though, a recognition that, um, that I am praying. So it's a Trinitarian prayer. I am praying to the Father um, through, the, uh, through the power of the Spirit um, in the name and power of the Son. And so, so when I pray, I am praying that in Jesus' name, I'm recognizing who Christ is um, and that he is now, he is my mediator. Uh, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And so he's my mediator, and so I'm praying in Jesus' name. That's good. He, we come through him. Uh, yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, two other questions for you. Um, if I have a burden on my heart and I want to pray about it, am I just supposed to pray for it one time and then trust that God and his sovereignty will either answer it the way that I hope or will answer it in a different way, but that's that? Or is it okay for me to pray the same thing multiple times? Um, assuming that the Lord hasn't given you a clear answer on something, uh, you know, it could be that the Lord has given you a clear answer and you're like, well, I don't like that answer, so I'm going to keep on praying because I want a different answer. Um, in that case, I would, eh, I don't know exactly what advice I would necessarily give in that situation. If, 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 if the answer is not clear, 
then absolutely you can you can continue praying. I have things for which I have been praying now for 20 plus years. Um, and I want to continue praying for those because those things have not yet been answered um, in my life. And so I want to, or the lives of those for whom I'm praying. And so I want to continue praying for those things. Um, and so, you know, there is the, Jesus told a parable of a persistent widow who just continued to, to seek the Lord and continued and continued and, and continued. And so we're to, uh, we should be um, eagerly uh, seeking the Lord uh, with, with our concerns. Gotcha. And then final, just kind of common question briefly, uh, do we have to bow our heads and close our eyes and fold our hands in order for our prayer to work? Only when you're driving you do, you do that. <laughs> Goodness. Um, or only when somebody else is driving, maybe it would be better. Um, no. So the purpose of, of closing your eyes in, in prayer is to to avoid distraction, so that you so that your you you so your thoughts can be focused. Uh, so particularly, let's say somebody else is praying and you're you're closing your eyes because you don't want to be distracted. Oh, what's that person doing over there? It's, it's, I want to focus on what this my brother or my sister what they're saying, so that when they're done praying, I can amen um, or I can be just as likely when I'm praying by myself to for my mind to you know chase a chase a squirrel so to speak and so I, I want to the purpose of closing the eyes uh, bowing the head um, is not because that's required um, you know in the scripture there are, there are times when people stand and lift up holy hands there are times when people kneel there are times when people prostrate themselves so like like flat on the floor um, there are any number of postures if you will but the closing the eyes is to to avoid distraction. Thank you. And then to, to wrap up, so you've already recommended the Valley of Vision, which I would wholeheartedly commend to you as well. Uh, any other recommended reading on prayer? Again, scripture first and foremost and most frequently, but anything else that we can consider on the subject? Uh, Timothy Keller's book called Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God is one of my favorite books on prayer. I have at least a dozen or more books on prayer in my office. Um, I recently read uh, Paul Miller's A Praying Life, read that last year, um, also a fine book on prayer. Um, any of you welcome to come by my office and check out a book on prayer if you like. There you go. And the fact that there are so many books on prayer shows that it is a subject that we all need help with. So if this is something you struggle with, you are not alone. God can and does work in our prayer lives. And so by His grace, may we all grow in Christ-likeness, praying for God. Uh, well, that'll wrap us up for this uh, time together on the PHPC Pastors Podcast. If you have other content that you would like us to discuss that we can hopefully provide biblical insight in, we are always open, so do let us know. And for now, take care. <laughs>